from the trenches. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to From the Trenches, real life in the accounting industry. My name is David Boyer from Change GPS. Joined with me is Paul Meisner from Freedom Mentoring, and we are brought to you by BGL, Australia's number one corporate compliance and superannuation software. This is not an in-depth. This is not a best and worst news roundup. This is a very special session with a man who's had a massive impact on all of your lives over the last month, Paul. Welcome to the show, Trent Innes. Superstar leader of zero. Geez, I think you might have oversold me there, mate, but I think you've had me on the show. That's great. Thank you for taking the time. A busy man in media circles at the moment. You're, you're everywhere. Very nice that you finally got down to From the Trenches on your list of important media interviews. Well, I've actually been waiting for the invite. It took a while to come through, but now that it's here, I'm really happy to be on. <laughs> Paul, very exciting, uh, very exciting questions that we've got for Trent today. How are you, mate? We have. Thank you. Well, and John, Trent, a big fan. Well, uh, Regular to the show, I should say. Uh, do know. Uh, Trent, let's kick off with the somewhat breaking news this morning. Zero have made the tough decision to uh, cancel ZeroCon, I believe. Do you want to talk us a little bit about that, given it's so current? Well, it's clear, clearly very disappointing, but just given the current circumstances and the unknown, you know, the unknown uh, scenario we find ourselves in around COVID, it was kind of you know the only really logical choice we could make. But it was a, it is very disappointing. We, you know, we we love ZeroCon. We know the community loves ZeroCon as well. So def, definitely sad. But in the in the whole scheme of things, that you know, what's going on at the moment, um, you know, it's not not the worst thing in the world. Probably the, the one of the disappointing things for me, we were really excited to actually do the ZeroCon floor walk and get LinkedIn Live actually working this year, unlike last year where we we, we broke the bandwidth at ZeroCon trying to do it. So we're not going to be able to do that, Paul, unfortunately. Do you feel, Trent, that it was important to make the decision early? I suppose, um, I, I think I heard a thing about they've, they've cancelled the Melbourne show too down here in Melbourne. For that, because of the amount of lead time in travel arrangements, especially around the add-on ecosystem, you, you know, was it important not to give people, you have to sort of, yeah, start preparing for something that realistically probably was never going to get there? Mate, I think, I think it's all of those things. I mean, the reality is, uh, you know, a lot of our partners plan well in advance. They actually plan lots of other events around the outside of ZeroCon as well and as do our ecosystem partners. So, you know, we wanted to give them as much time as possible. And just given the scale of the event, there's actually a massive amount of organisation that goes on to run to run that event as well. And so, you know, we had to leave a certain amount of lead time for all of those things to occur as well. And so, like I said, you know, very, very disappointing, but, you know, we'll be back bigger and better. So it's, so it's definitely, it's, it's basically skip a year that uh, that badge for 2020 doesn't exist? Look, we, we haven't made the announcement about that yet, but we will, you know, in, there's the... I, I suspect we will definitely be back on, but um, you know who, who knows. I mean, I, I hope we are because it's a, I, I, like I said, I love ZeroCon. I think um, the community loves ZeroCon, so it will be set back in some guys. Hopefully, you know, the year after year after this one, it, it's got a lot of knock on effects because you always there's always a major announcement around ZeroCon. Matt Paff talks about the ZeroCon share price bump as well that always seems to happen. So I think some investors maybe have, who haven't made that correlation might be missing out. So. I guess from the importance of the messaging that Zero puts out into the world, is it reasonable for us to still expect something big and exciting around September from you guys? Oh, I think I think you'll have to stay tuned for that. I mean, <laughs> definitely. What our I mean, our teams do actually work towards ZeroCon as as a really important date in the calendar, and so mm. there's a whole you know we tend to light up a number of announcements and product releases and so on related to that. So 
Um, you'll have to stay tuned, but uh, that's sort of probably given away a little bit there. I also have to say right now, I'm, uh, we're doing this on a Zoom call as well, and it's quite disturbing watching Paul drink a Slurpee. Uh, Slurpees make the world go round. Can I just say I'm not sponsored in any way by Slurpee. I, you know, I, I, uh, I talk about my endorsements, but if anyone is listening from 7-Eleven, I'll, uh, I'll take a Slurpee, a Slurpee endorsement. You've also, you seem to be talking quite fast, so it's clearly not a low-sugar one. <laughs> Never. <laughs> It's a usual pace, mate. Yeah, we were talking about product, Trent. You, you mentioned there about the product announcements. Uh, one of the things certainly that uh, I've seen as, as a, a Zero user is the speed at which Zero able was able to get out a uh, for us down here in, in Australia a JobKeeper dashboard, um, and also as you said, the information to, to quite uh, deal with the payroll side of it, which was which will turn out in the next sort of week. Uh, to be exceptionally important. Can you tell us a little bit about uh, how the, the challenges around pivoting a team, building something that that I think, I mean, I've, I've said publicly has always been very hard to get changes made into zero blue. Um, how did it happen so quickly and, 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 uh, and where do I send the list of next things that, that we need really quickly, mate? Mate, there's all, so we, we can get onto that, but uh, there's always changes going through the product and you, and you know that and we're always... We're always updated. We may not be building exactly the things that you want all the time, but we are building things for, for, for people and our customers out there. But look, I think it's, um, it's really pleasing to see how well our teams have rallied, beh- rallied behind this. And I think it's given them some real purpose to have something to actually that can really genuinely help our, our partners and our customers at scale. So they rallied really, really quickly. So there's a number of teams, you know, working remotely, which is, has its challenges. But, you know, they've worked remotely, you know, they've done things such as, you know, the updates, the payroll around JobKeeper, which you mentioned, the eligibility test, but it's also all the all the educational content that needs to be updated around that as well. So we've had the, the business continuity hub on Zero Central. We've been doing some, some of the numbers we've been getting through on people coming onto our webinars at the moment and just the interactions on the community groups has been through, through the roof. Um, so it's not just product, it's actually everyone pulling together to actually come up with the solutions. And we really, um, I couldn't ask for more than our, from our teams at the moment, they're just they're, they're smashing it out of the park. The, the product, I mean, the product turnaround is is extremely impressive. I, I suppose what I was was talking about is, I think for a feature like what we've seen released, you know, you probably average eight nine months for that kind of stuff for design for all the way through to QA and actually mm-hmm. fitting it in the release cycle to turn something round in a matter of weeks. You know, were there were there any specific challenges? Not to say you know, I mean, clearly you're delivering exceptionally well, but how do you deliver something where it's normally a, such a long timeline to design it and get it through to, it, to now? It, really, it all comes down to um, the amount of resource that you put behind it, and we, we clearly put a lot of resource behind it to get to get it done in time. And so we got the specs through from the ATO late on the Thursday night before the Easter weekend, and so our teams effectively worked twenty four by seven. Um, there was clearly no Easter break for them and the ones that we're working on. And they worked right through that period, got it together really, really quickly. Um, also managed to get quite a bit of feedback as well. And I mean, obviously, you know, you know, people probably don't know, but you get, you had some suggestions as well along the way about what we might be able to do around the eligibility test. And uh, hopefully we met your expectations as well on that. But, uh, you know, we, we took a lot of feedback from the community groups as well and not, you know, obviously working closely with the uh, with the ATO as well. And, uh, you know, they, they, pushed, they pushed it through. But it's all about... I mean, like anything, it's all about prioritisation, isn't it? You know, and making and making choices. And so this jumped up the queue, and uh, was the first thing that we uh, that we were working on. Clearly, one of the, the big challenges in 
in the time we're, we're facing is a lot of staff, basically offices shutting down, let's be honest. I think um, you want to talk us a little bit through, I, I believe that there is no one mostly working in, in any zero offices. Zero has a remote workforce, uh, clearly all cloud-based systems, but how's, how have you found it managing staff who, while they are remote, do rely to a big sense in that, the experience they get in an office. I've been into the Zero office in Melbourne and Sydney and Canberra and I think all, all around the shop, you know, they are they are great places to work. How have you found managing it and having staff all being at home or, or remote? Yeah, so it's definitely, um, it definitely has a big impact on people's psyche. So from, we've always had the ability where people could work from home and our systems support that. So we're very fortunate to have the systems that support that uh, and people, if their if their role um, you know, allows them to do it, then they 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 can choose to work from home where it make, where it makes sense. But then telling people they have to work from home is a very different scenario. Because when you know, when you choose to work from home, normally it's normally in a quiet environment. Your kids are probably at school if you've got children, or you're probably not sharing with your partner. Whereas now you're all sort of you know confined into into, into the one home and try try to make it work as best you can. I mean, I think the, the basic messaging I've said to all of our teams from the beginning is just. Do, do the best you can. Um, you've got to try and balance everything out as best you can. And uh, what's been fascinating, though, is our actual engagement, our employee engagement's actually gone up. Yeah. And so people are feeling really connected. I think you have to try. As a leader, you've got to try a bit harder um, to make sure people are still connected, and we've definitely uh, we've definitely done that. And I think overall it's gone, gone really, really well. The feedback from our people has been re- really strong. Um, and it's just a matter of... Um, you're just making sure that you continue to check in on them, that you're really clear with what the ex- with what the expectations are, and then I, I think continue to over communicate. Is there anything particularly that you have done about you, you said working harder on the engagement? Is there anything or things that you've particularly thought that that you you've done in this environment that you hadn't didn't have to do when they were all in the office? I think you just got to consciously try harder. And so, you know, I, I now catch up with my lead team daily. And so historically, we would probably catch up, you know, a couple of times a week, but not now we catch up every day quite deliberately. Um, you know, we do, I've been doing, I was doing updates once a day to the entire Australian business as well about what was going on in the early days, just trying to really keep them up to date with all the sort of communications as, as, they, uh, as they appeared. Um, I've sort of slowed that down a little bit now, but I'm now doing random drop-ins. So I now drop into uh, other people's team meetings and say hello in the background as well and just uh, check in on them and see, see how they're going, which is, which is good fun. Um, but you've just got to deliberately try a little, a little bit harder because some of the uh, signs that people may, you know, may, may not be as happy or may be struggling are not as evident when you can't see them in real life. And so you've just got to try that, try that a little bit harder. Before we bring David back in, what's your view? And nobody knows. Nobody knows when we'll come out of it. What's your view on the future of work? Does will yeah, it's the- fascinating. I mean, it's a bit of a debate we've had had for a long period of time. I've got to say, I could. I was thinking about this the other day. I think it's the first time in fifteen years outside of vacation that I haven't got an aeroplane in a week. I've been doing wow. that for a long. But my career is basically you know, for the last fifteen years has been very much one where I've consistently travelled. So I'm not missing airport lounges. I'm not missing the carrot sticks inside the Corners Club. What about uh, the points? First world problem. Not missing. Not missing the corn <laughs> chips. So I think it's been good for my health in that in that perspective. Um, it's definitely um, allowed me to probably get personally to get my balance better with my uh, 
work-life balance. I think you know I'm having more dinners with my family than I've had for a long time, which has been which has been great, and so I'm way more feel way more connected to my kids than I probably have for for, for a long time. And I think from a future work perspective, that's actually we talk a lot about work-life balance, but I think this might be a bit of a, a shot in the arm almost to say, look, this is this actually really is really important. It makes you much more balanced. Um, it, you can do it. You can use technology to do this. You know, we, can you imagine if we had been this scenario 10, 15 years ago? You know, the only people that had access to video conferencing or back then or even production tools were big corporates. And they and ironically, right now, they're all struggling because they actually don't have enough VPN connections to actually operate. Whereas the consumerization of technology in the, in the world we live in now, you know, you and I, you know, we're all sitting here on a Zoom call right now. It's readily available to everyone. Um, you know, we are we almost have a, an oversupply of tech that makes it that makes this possible. So, I think it's really highlighted that it, that it really can be done. And I, I, I do think, or I do hope, that there's a bit of a change to to the future of work off the back of this. Do you get on as many planes next year that you think you got on last year? I hope not. I'm actually probably deliberately try not to. Yeah. You know, I think there's probably a lot of things that could actually be done um, like this. I don't probably need to be as many on as many planes. And so. Hopefully, uh, hopefully that hopefully that does slow down a little bit. But that's you know I, I probably I need to own that, and so I, I need to be the one that actually sets the boundaries around that. Uh, talking about the access to technology and the consumerization of technology, um, I think largely the tech infrastructure has held up really well in the face of insane demand that's been put on it. Zero's held up well. The ATO website's held up well. The MBN, who MBN by the way, who's been responding to my tweets. First at the start of this, when I said it was going to collapse, and then a week ago when I said it's doing well, I said, hey, MBN, great job, and they responded back. I'm like, oh, thanks, social media team and MBN. Mostly, it seems to have held up really well. Did that surprise you? And is there a message in that as to just how much capacity there is to use technology more? So I'll tell you one thing. You um so I mean, overall, it's actually held up very well. But you don't want to be at home with uh, two, two parents working, three and three children getting homeschooled, and uh, have the uh, have the internet have a little glitch. If you ever want to see screaming and yelling in the background, that's the uh, that's the best way for that to start. But overall, I agree. Though, I think it's held up. It's held up really well overall. I mean, I think the the load on it at the moment must be must be enormous. Um, but you know, we. The amount of tools that we're using and the way we can stay connected online in real time, overall, I agree. I think it's been pretty, pretty strong. And, and what is for you for you running a tech company? Do you look at your tech team and say, well, how do you engage? Like, how do you engage them and keep them motivated going through this process because they're under massive pressure? Yeah, they are. But we're, we're we're pretty much 100% cloud based, and so we've got amazing infrastructure that manages that. We've got a really, really strong tech team. I mean, some of the there are some challenges, of course. We're still, you know, onboarding new starters as well. And so, how do you get how do you get technology out to them? How do you get their laptop out to them and get that all prepared when you can't go into the office? So, it's a few little things like that, a few logistical problems that we we had to work through. Um, onboarding new starters where you actually can't see them in real life, so they're on you're getting onboarding them through Zoom Zoom calls and uh, and other uh, and other online meeting meters meetings. Um, it has its challenges, but overall. You know, you just got to try a bit harder, as I said to Paul earlier, and so you know you, you push through it, and uh, the engagement seems really strong. The last ZeroCon, you um, Zero really stressed the importance of human yep. um, at everywhere, at every point, through the activations you had there, as well as the keynotes. Have you learned anything about the Zero culture that surprised you over the last month? 
it's it's actually become stronger than ever in some ways. And I think the it's fascinating, and I think values in uh, values in good times are kind of easy to do. Values mm. in harder times is when they really shine through. Yeah, and I think they've really shone through. And some of the things that have been really pleasing to me, I've had people inside Zero, you know, send me a private note saying, "Hey, just checking in. You're keeping us all upbeat and going. How are you doing?" Hmm. You know, and that's actually you. You, you read that, you go, "Well, we've got pretty good people. We're very, we're very lucky to have good people who are actually reach out and and, and care." Um, and that's that's been really, um, really, really pleasing to see. Uh, it's quite funny. I, I, as, I, as I said, that uh, largely technology has held up well. I got the uh, blue screen of death on my PC in the middle of this call. How's that for a jinx? I, I, forgive me if this question's been asked already, Paul. Uh, we weren't asked beforehand. The Zero community's gone gangbusters yeah. with activity. Uh, some of the numbers are frightening, actually. Yeah, they are. We get, we're, we're, getting, uh, we're getting lots and lots of engagements on the Zero community. And it's, uh, I, I read that every single day and probably a couple of times a day at the moment because it gives me a real-time pulse on what's, what's happening out there at the moment and the, uh, and the stresses and jubilations that our county and bookkeeping community are, are going through. And it's not, it's not all negative out there. There's actually some real positivity on there as well. I mean, there's no doubt, um, there's no doubt that the industry is definitely wedged a little bit between their clients and what's going on from a government stimulus perspective and working harder than, than, than they ever have. But overall, the, the feedback on the community groups is really, is really strong and, um, you know, really, and it's a really, really pleasing to see. Oh, oh, leading on to that, and, and, and is there anything that you've, you know, what's your take on, on the way the industry's feeling, um, responding, helping each other, you know, you know as a, uh, for, from your view, you know, what, what are you seeing from the industry? Well, we, we, we see the subset of it from a zero, from a zero perspective, because obviously they're on the zero, um, on the zero community group, but there are lots of other people that enter that, enter that group as well. And so, you know, overall, it's a quite a positive, quite a positive sentiment. I mean, there are a bit of, a bit of angst on there as well around timeframes changing, you know, announcements coming out where it's not fully baked yet. And so, you know, people sort of rush ahead a little bit. There's lots of uncertainty, but there's a lot of support on there as well. And I think the support that shines through is, is great. Because there are, I mean, Paul, you're always talking about this. There's a lot of sole practitioners out there. And I would imagine at the moment it's quite lonely, especially when you're getting, there's so much change going on and so much pressure. And so it's great for them to have a place where they can go and talk to other people who can actually can actually help them as well. And, and you know, as an industry, I think that's it's a real supportive culture in this industry. As well, they don't they don't really look at each other like competitors. They actually genuinely no. want to help each other. And uh, I mean, you guys are probably closer than me in a lot of ways. So, what, what, what's what's your take? What, what are you seeing at the moment? Well, I, I think I think that there's two speed, um, and, and definitely to Paul's point, the sole practitioner firms are copying it harder than everybody else because they don't have a team where they can say, "All right, you do you deal with the admin, you deal with the client comms, you deal with re- and I'll deal with reading the legislation. I'll be at the top, and I'll deal with the senior." So smaller firms are definitely missing out, but even within smaller firms, I think Pete, your mindset's so important. How you choose to put yourself in a situation, you, you can choose to say, "Oh my goodness, this is terrible. This is the worst thing ever," or you can say, "Okay, this is it. I need to be there for my clients. They they seriously need me." Like the whole trusted advisor thing, like it's just been proven five thousand times over. More like. Two million times over. It's just, it's just been insane. That yeah, and, and which presents a monster opportunity for accountants. We can't think about this yet, but like, what services does an accounting firm do 
Or what do they do differently in 12 months' time based on the incredible client experiences they've just offered? Who knows? Uh, that's, that's, that's an exciting conversation that we'll have, Paul, on trenches at some point in the future. Yeah, yeah. I, I think it could come. We spoke. We spoke on the last episode, David, about you know, does, does this going forward change pricing? Does this, you know, change some of those value discussions? Does does this improve work life balance? You know, do people say, well, I know who who uh, who valued me and who didn't? Do you change? Do you change your, your structure? I think, I think one of the things that shines through is that adversity in some ways um, really creates clarity. And I've said that quite a few times over the last few weeks. But, you know, it's even you mentioned before about, you know, how, how did we prioritise building job keepers because, because we had to. And so when you're in a scenario where you have to do something, you reprioritise really quickly and a lot of the noise dissipates and you focus on the things that you have, that you have to get done. And, you know, I think we're seeing that shine through in the industry as well. Can you actually, on the prioritisation of, of JobKeeper, um, you guys must have spent a lot of time in Canberra very early on because you had to build something in not, Canberra. Not, not, not physically. No, although, we do no. have, although we do have an office in Canberra, but no, not oh, isn't, uh, isn't Angus up in Canberra? He is. Yeah, Angus you know, is. I, 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 Angus Capel, your public policy advisor, I've seen his Twitter. He goes on these morning walks. It looks absolutely beautiful up there. The um, What was that like? Because we've heard from Andrew Conway from the IPA. He said, it moved so fast that there wasn't a lot of consultation with the member bodies. You had to build the solution. Yeah, as, as a digital service provider um, with the ATO, we've actually been you know, really heavily engaged with the ATO the whole way through this process. And so they've been giving us uh, briefs and we've been feeding back as well to them. So uh, I mentioned before, we, we sort of really started that process you know, prior, prior, prior to Easter, but we've also got engagement in some other areas as well. So um, I sit on a roundtable panel with a number of other large tech companies uh, with Minister Karen Andrews. Um, so we've been having a number of discussions there as well about the role the tech industry can play as well in, um, in the current scenario we find ourselves in, but more importantly as well, what does the future look like as well and how do we uh, prepare ourselves for as we come out of this scenario? I want to, before I ask my last question, which is your advice to uh, partners and in the industry out there, I want to ask a bit of a question without notice. One yeah. is... I thought they were all without notice. Given the size, given the size of the data and given uh, zero using that data in an anonymised way, is there any talk yet of seeing the impact of this on the small business economy um, is there a zero report in, in the works? Is there, has there been talk of understanding what this has done or what the zero data shows this has done to employment, <laughs> sales, revenue, et cetera? Yeah, so it's too, it's too early to release it yet because you need, you need to tend to get a cycle of a month to go through to actually start to normalise the day. This is quite a unique scenario that happens sort of so quickly due to shut the economy down effectively. Like, like that in the self quarantine um, has had a you know had a massive impact on a particular point in time. But we are absolutely looking at the data for insights, always as you said before, always at an anonymised, aggregated level. But there are some really interesting insights we're starting to see come through. We just need to make sure that you know, obviously there's um, as accurate as they can possibly be, and just going to make sure we compare that with, you know with, um, with a timeline as well. And so we are we are looking at that, and um, yeah, we we aim to uh, share some of those when we can. Interesting. Uh, last one, uh, what is your advice to bookkeepers, accountants and, and people in the industry during this difficult time and, and, and business clients? I think the biggest thing you've got to look, at, you've got to look after yourself as best as, as best as you possibly can. If you're, not, if, you're not, 
in a good, in a good place, it's very hard to help your clients and your family through this. And um, I, I understand the pressures will be different for lots of different people. But you know, the, the advice I've been giving um, my teams is just just do the best you possibly can. I think you know we have to be kind to each other. You know, we need to we need to show some empathy. We're all going through different different scenarios. Um, you know, there's people you know that are working with their families around them. There's people that are in, at homes by themselves. So people have very different circumstances, and so I think you've got to really be as kind as you possibly can be, um, and just really uh, go out go out of your way to uh, go out of your way to check in on people, make sure they're okay. What a great uh, what a great point, uh, certainly shared by David uh, and myself, Trent Innes, uh, head of Zero uh, Aust- Australasia or just Australia. Australia. Australia and Asia. Australia and oh, Australia and Asia. Uh, thank you so much for joining us. Thanks very much, Trent. Mate, it's a pleasure. Thank you so much for having me on. Bye. Thanks again for listening to an episode of From the Trenches. David and I love to hear from listeners, so you can reach out if you've got feedback or story ideas. Get in touch. I can be reached on Twitter at Paul Meissner underscore or on LinkedIn, Paul Meissner. I'm on Twitter at David Boyar, B-O-Y-A-R, on LinkedIn, David Boyar. From the trenches.